Hello and welcome to this AF Mentors podcast. I have with me my accountability coaches, Kimberly and Lynn. How are you both? Very well, thank you. Good, thank you. Good. Okay, we're going to get straight into it because I wanted to start recording as we were chatting beforehand. And we were talking initially about the January buzz and if it's all it's hyped up to be. And I guess just accepting that you know, it's not always the busiest time for personal trainers and that's absolutely fine. And there's almost an expectation that you should feel a certain way or that your business should be doing a certain thing or that you should be absolutely run off your feet busy. And when that doesn't happen, sometimes you feel like you can be doing something wrong or almost that you need to put on this front that, yeah, yeah, I am really busy or yeah, like everything's going fine. And it's absolutely fine and normal for it not to be as busy as what you expected. And I've found previously, and when I look back on previous year's data, that at January isn't the busiest month. Like, I wouldn't say it's on from just looking at my data, like it's not particularly low, but it's also not particularly high. And I actually find often that February is, and I don't know, I mean, there's so many reasons this could be, but in my head, it's probably because people have spent a lot at Christmas, they don't have much disposable income, they are maybe, and this is a good thing like really motivated to go and do it themselves and then come February they're kind of like actually I could probably do with a bit of support here so if that is you and I know Kimberly you were talking about how some coaches were maybe feeling like that on their accountability calls yeah I think um I think sometimes Christmas can it feels like it's crazy on social media like everybody's telling you what to do what not to do and kind of you know get ready for January and I kind of think there's this expectation that 1st of January is going to be wildly busy. But I also think like for most people, January is, a, especially if you live in the UK, it's a bit miserable. Like it's cold. No one's got any money. Nobody really wants to go to the gym at five o'clock in the morning when it's, you know, you've got a DI Shikar. And it's kind of that, um, that weird kind of false expectation that everything's going to be amazing because it's a brand new year, whether it's coaching, dieting, whatever it's going to be and everybody sets these kind of unrealistic goals and has these ridiculous expectations and actually in like the call one of the calls I had today we were I was kind of saying you know let people do it themselves in January it's going to be the same as every other January and then February kind of you you know have your messaging now about those people that are doing what they can do and, and you know why they're not getting it right and kind of pick those people up in February because January doesn't set you know the way the rest of your year is going to go like it's it's just January like it's not the month yeah I think that's such good advice to don't be afraid to just give a load of value to help people for free you know not like taking them on as clients but like yeah dm them send them a couple of things be like oh I'm worried about my calories what should they be oh I'd probably set you around here that's a good place to start and then you can monitor and adapt from there let me know if you need any extra help that kind of thing like don't be afraid to do that if they get on fine brilliant like you've helped someone and it's taken you five minutes the likelihood is when they do look for a personal trainer, they'll be like, that girl already helped me before. I'm going to go back to her. Like you just want to you put yourself in the position where you're going to be the first person that someone goes to. And don't worry too much about signing people up straight away. Like sometimes that lead generation time, if you want to call it that, is like years, but it could be weeks. It could be months. And don't, yeah, don't worry about giving out free information. 
Lynn, what's um well yours and Amelia's business been like? Because I know that actually Christmas time or like December time is kind of like a big intake for you guys because people stress so much around food around that time. Um how have you found January? Like there's I guess because you have slightly less like fat loss type clients. Yeah, it's been good. There's been some that only are like very new starting. So having that like permission to eat over Christmas was like mad for them. So they did come into the first week of January being like, oh my God, I've ruined everything. So you, you, you're busy with that. But in terms of like picking up clients in January, I think anyone that's like, as you said, like, you know, when you're having conversations with people and you're giving them like advice or they ask you a question and you're giving them like value. We've had a lot of them come back to us now in January and be like, oh, I've actually realized that over Christmas, I, I do this and it's not helpful to me and I, I want to work on that. So we're getting a bit of that. Um, but yeah, kind of before Christmas is when it is busier. But we still do get a lot of people that are like, oh, but I'll just wait until January, you know, and like they're, they're mums and they've got Christmas and it's expensive and everyone is so ingrained with that, we'll just wait till January. But you had a very good point with a lot of people start January and they're like, eyes on the prize. I'm going to reduce my food massively and I'm going to increase my exercise massively. So they do okay for the first couple of weeks. And that was something I said to someone on an accountability call there's no you'll never give up uh, too much information because all the information you actually need is available like you can read research papers you can learn anything you want you can listen to podcasts you can sign up for webinars or whatever it might be it's not the information that people need it's the relationship and the bond with a coach to have the the reassurance to have the accountability to have that guidance that that's what they're signing up for it's not essentially the knowledge all the time or the value that you can give them in this is what you do and this is how it'll work most people know that nowadays it's it's having that support that they want Mm -hmm. and even if people don't know that you're right the information is there like if someone just followed well Kimberly only not saying you because you don't power fitness content but like either of us on social media just followed our content and actually implemented it on their own didn't need any accountability didn't need any support didn't need any reassurance they would get incredible results like it's not the information that's lacking it's the application of that information and I think something that I want to talk about today and I've been thinking about and it's always been something I've observed about uh, coaching is that reassurance and just having someone there that supports you and that believes in you and is a bit more experienced than you are is like the crux of what mentoring or coaching is and is probably the most important part. And I know that with AFM or with coaching, like if you're a coach listening, like most of your clients or prospective clients would be like, how many workouts do I get? what time's my check-in like do I get meal plans like these are sort of your like what do I get that's tangible and actually what people don't realize until they start working with a coach is that what's way more important than that and what's actually going to be way more beneficial is simply feeling like you're supported like you can talk things through with people and I think people don't until they do the accountability calls from a mentoring standpoint they don't realize how valuable they are and then when they do them and it's like all you're essentially doing is talking through your own process and your own business and that is so valuable like you can't even explain how valuable it is and yeah I thought that was maybe something we could uh discuss today so shall we oh yeah I asked you both to come up with your three key attributes didn't I Kimberly what were yours Mm -hmm. so wait this was three key attributes that we see or that 
not even we see maybe that we think successful coaches have okay so my first one is having clear goals and the ability to articulate them so whether that's your own goals to a mentor or you know to your peers but having you know being able to set clear goals with a client and being able to articulate them because there's no point in you can have your goals written down in a book amazing if you can't talk about them and you don't really know what goes into them and goes around them and you can't explain that to somebody else that you can't kind of help them on that journey and I think it's the articulation of actually what it is that you want and how you're going to get there and knowing that in yourself but kind of helping your clients achieve that I think is my number one do you think it's like the specificity of that goal as well because that just made me think of something I read like a tweet just before I came on and it was talking about how if your goal was to get married that's actually a pretty shit goal but if your goal was to find someone that you're excited to spend the rest of your life with that's a you know that's a much better goal and the end outcome might be the same but like actually setting goals that I don't know it's not just I want to make x amount of money it's I want to impact x amount of people which as a byproduct would make x amount of money so I think maybe understanding it comes back to the why behind your goal but I like the way you put it as in like articulate your goal yeah I like that so that's your first first one one. um Um, yeah my second or okay um so my second is um it's a bit might be a bit wishy-washy but it's being the ability to build relationships and I think people massively underestimate in like coaching world in the corporate world that if you're like you but you don't have to be likable but you have to know how to get on with people whether it's you know a, an assistant or you know a coach that you work with or your clients like you've got to be approachable you've got to build kind of relationships from the complete scratch and especially a lot of people that are kind of marketing on social media is these people need to get to know you and that's building a relationship with them from your posts from your interactions with them from your you know people sliding into your dms having those kind of warm-ish conversations but you you're starting from like zero and then expecting maybe somebody that you know started following you that you even before that it's somebody that's you're building a relationship with people that you don't know yet you might know you know what how they're feeling or you know their pain points and you might know those things and they fall into that audience but it's kind of a little bit maybe short-sighted or it's not the right word but to kind of well you know I'm putting content out there and so you know obviously I'm going to get clients that's not building putting content out is not building a relationship like and that's where I would say a lot of people on AFM are on, on using Instagram or using you know, various social media platforms. And it's not the easiest thing to build relationships from scratch on there. It's absolutely doable. Like we've all done it, but it's like, it's, it's hard work and it's, you've still got to kind of, you know, know your business and know what you're trying to achieve, still be a nice person. People want to talk to you. And I think that it's kind of, underrated I think people like well I make you know I'm making content and I offer coaching but there's that bit in the middle where there's like a whole relationship that you need to like we kind of like built up over the years and it's it's a 
it's a long time. It's not, someone's not going to start, somebody might start following you and sign up for coaching tomorrow. But like we kind of keep saying, it can take eight months and of, you know, value and conversations. And it's, if you love what you do, it's not hard. It's, it's, you know, it's enjoyable and you've got to make the process enjoyable. But I think it's building those they are like they're building relationships. It's like if you know you're running a business, you're building business relationships with these people. I think that's so important. And I think like a good way to put this is like do sweat the small stuff. Like do sweat saying, Hey, how are you? So you've got a dog as well. Oh my god, that's so funny that blah blah blah. Like do that kind of stuff. And I remember saying to Amelia when we were in Mexico actually, because I think you'd said something in the chat and it was like quite a stressful period when EIQ was trying to like change business roles or something anyway there was quite a lot of like back and forth with the HMRC and you just said something like kind of funny and I was like that's why she's so much fun to work with like it doesn't matter that you know someone could do exactly the same nuts and bolts but it's like actually just that like extra like bit of a laugh or oh my god this made me think of you like sent it might even be you know an appropriate level but like sending your client a meme being like this is what we spoke about in check-ins look this is so funny like that kind of thing is actually really important um and I think you're right in that people don't think about being likable enough and I almost think there's a push the other way for people to be like well if you're offended by what I say it's your own fault like I'll say what I think on social media I don't care how I come across because I'm being authentic to me and blah 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 and it's like if you're not likable, people will not want to work with you. Like that is the fundamental. So it, yeah, I would definitely be considering how you're coming across and yeah, how you're being portrayed and those relationships you'll be, you're building with people and don't underestimate how beneficial it is just to kind of have a bit of a laugh as well. And like that can be part of being yourself. It's what, you know, common humor, common values, that kind of thing. Yeah. And my um, last one, I think, of being a good coach is, and I guess most people on like AFM or EIQ know this, but is knowing how important CPD and like self-development is. And the second part of that is being able to A, admit mistakes and knowing that it's absolutely fine for your beliefs or your thoughts to change. So if five years ago or one year ago, you thought X and now you've, you know, you've done more development, you've done more research, you've just changed your mind. That's fine. Like you don't have to keep with the same thing because that's what you're known for or that's what you thought then or that's what you thought was right. Like it's kind of shows a decent level of maturity to say, I used to do X. And now I think like you and Chloe do this very well on like with the EC method and we used to think this and we used to do this and now we know that it doesn't really have any effect so now we think this and I guess there's kind of a I think sometimes people don't want to look like they were wrong before but I think it shows a massive level of maturity and things change like sciences change or they evolve and you know your opinion can change on things and I think that's that's fine because everybody everybody's learning nobody knows everything and it's I think it's kind of having the I guess the space to say do you know what I used to think this and actually if you, you know if you scroll way back to the beginning of my post I used to talk about xyz and now I'm talking about abc because this is what I want to do and it's it's totally fine and I think on a real kind of admin level some people are kind of wanting to start like 
oh, I, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to start a new Instagram account for this. Like it's, it's fine. Like it, people change like that. And that's okay. That's, you know, you're growing your business. You're, you're, you know, changing direction. That's absolutely fine to still be you. You don't have to be a different person. You, you just need to kind of, yeah, I just think it's a mature way to run the business. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's almost doubly true when you're talking about your business as opposed to maybe like your method of coaching or something or like your method of, I don't know, implementing diet with people. Because, yeah, sure, the science changes, but like the fundamentals don't change that much. Usually it's very unlikely something's going to come out and be like, oh, it turns out fat is really bad. We all need to go low fat. Like there's so much evidence now that we kind of from a human physiology standpoint, know the basics there but what might change is that it's now much easier to use apps for programming or actually it used to be really useful to use paypal to take payment but now stripe's better because of xyz and like you just adapt to things and i think with like how quickly the internet evolves and how quickly like online coaching evolves if you're not always looking for the next thing then you're going to fall behind so I definitely think like not tying yourself to anything and not being like, this is the way I do X or even like, this is the way I do check-ins. Like if there becomes a better way to do check-ins that I can serve my clients better in the way that I want to do it, I will hundred percent be implementing that. But until that time comes, this is what I do at the moment. Like, yeah, I think it's just not tying your flags to anything in particular. And I think it can be, so like the check-in thing, like that can be like a casual change, like, we used to do it like this this week we're doing this it doesn't have to be this massive like you know business change procedure it can just be now we're going to do this that's cool fine just move it like move it along it doesn't have to be it doesn't need an announcement it doesn't need like it just changes like it's it's better this way so we do it this way like it's kind of don't almost kind of like you know say like do sweat the small stuff don't sweat some of you know the small stuff of that of you know what I think this is better we'll do it this way like it's your business you can you can change what you want you can do what you want yeah I think when it comes to don't sweat the small stuff like it's don't sweat like oh if someone's emailed you and you're like I don't really have time for this but like make sure you're still polite make sure you still like you should always still have time for all of that no matter how busy you are with business like nothing is more important than still communicating well with your clients no matter how much you're outsourcing or how much money you're making like that's still the fundamental and I think sometimes some people lose that as they get more and more clients or as they have like group coaching and maybe they've outsourced things and stuff like that and it's like you're like that's still your bread and butter that's still what you should be doing and they're still your they're still paying you like you'd still need to make sure that you're making time for them and I think that's just more a general life advice it's like you have time for everyone <laughs> no one you're not too good to talk to anyone in a polite manner done um Lynn did you think of any that were different they're kind of not really different but they're they're similar in a way um the biggest one I would say for being like a a successful coach and a good coach is not to be a martyr and I like not in a bad way because obviously like you have to work hard and you have to like put time into your business but you don't have to do it on your own and I think a lot of some coaches when they start out they think like it's all about them and it's all for them and it's a sign of weakness if they seek approval not approval or like an opinion from a peer or as if they go to a peer with a suggestion so like I could go to Steph for example and ask for something and like we always ask each other stuff about you know like with clients or 
with doing things with like onboarding calls, whatever it might be. Like, I know we all work together, but it's, it's not you versus them. It's like you and all of them. Um, and the AFM group is great for promoting that don't be a martyr kind of uh, approach to your business. They all support each other. It's not a, oh God, Kimberly's just launched this and it looks way better than mine. Like that, that's it. Like everyone's going to go to her program. There's none of that. And I think that for people to go into business and just isolate themselves completely and think that it's a sign of weakness to ask for help is essentially shooting themselves in the foot because as we've said you're not going to get everything right and you are going to need the help of other people because if you were that good that you knew absolutely everything you wouldn't be starting out now you'd be like super successful already and be writing the books that everyone else is reading so don't be a martyr would be number one for me yeah I like that and I like the you know one person's success doesn't diminish yours like just because someone else is doing really well and I, I love the vibe of the group both in EIQ and AFM that everyone sort of shares and there's loads of people like oh you know this is my first client I don't know how to do check-ins like that's fantastic and everyone's out to help everyone I love that actually Hannah one of my clients who isn't involved in nutrition at all but is just really intelligent and wants to do EIQ <laughs> is doing EIQ she was like I didn't know what to expect from the group but I definitely didn't expect that you know technically you're all online coaches technically all in you know the same industry you could be looking at each other as competition but everyone's so so supportive and I love that and I think that comes from knowing your self-worth a bit as well and being able to be happy like genuinely happy for other people's success I think that says so much about someone if they can do that mm-hmm. so I like that one do you um, have any- I am um, yeah sorry the second one would it's kind of a, a two part one it's be approachable and be yourself so like the way you always say to people like you know I'm really friendly I'm here if you want to ask any questions like yes absolutely be approachable and as you and Kimberly just said if you if people can't approach you and have conversations with you they're not going to build relationships with you but there is a a culture where people think they have to be uh I don't want to swear, but like a dickhead um, to be successful and you don't have to be and you'll actually be more successful being approachable. And there are tons of fitness coaches and online coaches that are said dickheads um, and we don't need more of them. We need more people that the general population will find approachable and will ask the question because I certainly wouldn't ask someone like that with that like ego status a question or advice because you would fear that they would screenshot your dm and post about you on their stories and make a laugh out of you you want someone that's going to be approachable and you want someone that's going to be nice so being yourself and if if all the people around you say that you're such a lovely person and then you're coming across as a bit of a, a not nice person online you're not approachable and then no one's going to go to you so you're not going to be very successful yeah i think when people are just trying to be cool like one of the most basic levels of this is being like <laughs> Slimming world's so silly. Like, ah, anyone that does Slimming world's an idiot. It's like, those are literally your potential clients that you're just calling idiots. Like, and they're not idiots. They've gone to something that is friendly, that is approachable, that does have flaws, and you can show them a better way, but not if you're calling them idiots. Like, if you're trying to explain something to anyone and the first thing you do is make them feel stupid or insuperior, all they're going to do is shut off to you. So you have to know how to approach these things. And I get that it's hard and a little bit confusing because some of these people that do take that approach are really popular. And one of the reasons for that is that like the negativity bias, that negative press gets a bigger headline and you saying Slimming World's fucking stupid. It's probably going to get more likes and interaction than you being like, 
if you've struggled with swimming well, I'm here to help you. But actually what's probably going to get you more clients is that I'm here to help you. And I was thinking about this, um, Kimberly, as you were talking about just showing up on social media and that's not enough. And like just posting on social media is very different than building relationships. That's part of that. And also like thinking about really the lead generation side of things. I didn't care if like, for example, I just did this lead generation for more information about menopause and that has built more relationships because they've shared a hell of a lot with me. That's very personal than a post that I would do about it which might have got more likes or something. And I think we have to stop thinking about, uh, I don't know, how many likes things are getting, how much interaction our posts are getting, and more just like, actually, what would be way better if you'd been able to get four people to fill in some kind of lead generation thing? Or if you'd given four people a free workout and then you were following them up the week later. And that makes it much more tangible as well. So you're not just like, oh, what what should I put out today? Maybe I'll just tweet something or maybe like, I feel like I have to put something out. And then you get frustrated because you're like, I show up on social media every day. It's the difference between showing up every day and actually giving value to people. And yeah, you probably need to do both, but think a little bit more about your content and how much of it is giving value. And you know what? Yeah, sometimes it might be a selfie that you put up that day. That's fine. But the majority of your content should be geared around how am I actually creating relationships with these people and lead generation type things are really useful to that. Whether that be some kind of questionnaire that you're then going to give them feedback on and help them with, or whether that be, here's a workout for you to try, or, you know, you mentioned on my post that you struggle with protein at breakfast, here's five protein breakfast ideas. Like then you can follow them up the week later and be like, how did you find that? Did you feel like your energy was better during the day? Like, did you feel more satiated? Blah, blah, blah. That's how you build relationships with people rather than, oh yeah, but I did like, I did some reels to some music every day and they got loads of views. And I'm like, no one, like I'm still to find someone that's like, yeah, do you know what? I really thought I would sign up with so-and-so because I saw her dancing to this reel and pointing at calorie deficit. Like, come on. I know they get a lot of reach and I'm not saying never do them but think about the value behind things not just like the reach it's getting or the likes that you're getting on it that kind of oh sorry Kimberly go no 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 I was just going to quickly say that I think that ties into a lot of the people I've spoken to kind of in the past week or so have talked about you know not wanting to be like pushy salesy and I totally get that and this is this takes away any of that because this is not and probably lead generation is probably page you know one of sales but it's not you're not cold dming people you're not kind of you know harassing people you're literally building it's a bit like when we talk about the sales call as a getting to know you call you're literally just like making online friends giving them some value like that's all you're kind of doing in the back of your mind you're thinking okay these person sounds like they're struggling with this I can probably help them with this but you know you're like take it slow like enjoy the process of it you're not gonna what I don't know if this is true I wouldn't go up to someone in a bar and be like hi do you want to go on a date because I've literally offered them nothing (laughs) but if you maybe buy them a drink (laughs) (laughs) you can tell I'm really on the dating scene like you know like have a conversation with somebody ask them about themselves buy them a drink have a dance with them like kind of it's a bit like you know enjoy it so it doesn't have to be I've got to sell somebody something it just has to be like just make little buddies like yeah and I think and offer them value it's the way the the sales if you're just if you're just like yeah I show up every day it takes away so much of the pressure of social media if you're like 
every day I want to give some value rather than worrying about sales or anything like that. And actually, I will guarantee that if you show up on social media every day and give value, you will grow your business and it will be a much more enjoyable process. Mm-hmm. Have you got one more? Yeah, I did. And it kind of ties into that last thing that you were talking about, about like giving value on your on your social media and I like not being sassy, but know what your end goal kind of is like do you want to be a successful coach that helps people and adds value to their life or do you want to be an influencer because I feel that some people on this journey can get caught up in this online world where they start off giving out great content and then it becomes like here's a photograph of me but the caption will be valuable people aren't going to read that and then it becomes a stream of it and in the end, you're, you might become a successful influencer, but is that really what you wanted to do? Is that what you set out to do? And if someone lands on your page and all they see are pictures of you living your best life on holidays and there's no value for them, what are they going to get from it? Don't look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't think who you would be talking about. Anyway, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like I think, and I actually think it's a shame because I know some really good coaches who have almost like just turned into influencers, which yeah. nothing against that. If that's what you want to do, fine. But there is a big difference. And I think, you know, if you're also, if you're a client looking for a coach and you go on someone's page and it's all pictures of them looking great in their bikini, kind of shows that that's what they're interested in whereas if it's like yeah maybe some of them because you're getting to know them but it's also a hell of a lot of informative posts and a hell of a lot of them showing up giving value helping people replying in comments asking people to dm them if they need any more help like are you being like the kind of coach that you would want is that all is that person being the kind of coach that you would want that's what you should be questioning um yeah i think I think that's a really good point and it kind of comes back to the reels and stuff as well like yeah sure they get loads of interaction and maybe maybe you'll get paid to do a post or something but is that what you really want I think we spoke about this ages ago with social media um because when we used to do more of the looking at people's pages maybe we should do that again actually like look through people's pages and like offer some insights um and a lot of people's link trees was like a whole load of links now I can't talk because I have a whole load of links but there are legitimately all my businesses whereas a lot of people that was like 10% off my protein 10% off glutyware 10% off whatever and it's like use my code and I'm like why are you giving that space how much money have you made from that and they'll be like oh actually I, I only get 20% off my own protein order and it's like that isn't worth shit compared to you like taking up that space when it could be apply for my coaching instead of a whole list of things that they're scrolling through oh there's coaching here there's something else here oh there's protein blah blah blah. no like take all that crap off um if you want to be an influencer go and be an influencer if you want to be a coach make sure that all your content is directed at giving value to your clients love that one um okay my three are number one was growth mindset or more importantly like a can-do attitude and i think in that I was thinking more in relation to like if you can't if you don't know how to do something go and figure out how to do it (laughs) instead of just being like oh well don't know how to do it you will be able to either probably find out how to do it on YouTube or just you know a little bit of like being a little bit inquisitive I will say as well like things like active campaigns or Stripe or 
type form or something they've got really good help desks as well so you can literally just email them and be like I can't understand what's going on and normally they're pretty good at getting back to you uh and you can get like full tutorials and stuff from people with Kimberly you'll know that because you've been through all of those things but yeah I was also going to say you're like where we're talking about coaches giving out value loads of virtual assistants will because eventually they want to sell you their services will do free tutorials and free lessons and loads of stuff like that so um if there's a particular thing if you kind of search virtual assistant stripe there'll be a va that specializes in stripe um and will give out loads of free value that you can use mm. and also just like youtube and stuff like that as well but like mm-hmm. i guess interconnecting between stripe and certain platforms and things like that but anyway i would i would strongly suggest figuring stuff out yourself even if at some point you outsource it like knowing how to do that stuff is really important and I think from a business building perspective having that kind of can-do attitude okay I don't know how to do it but I'll figure it out and a bit of a growth mindset instead of telling yourself that you can't do things or you're not a certain way just like I can change these things if this is the person I want to be um and also I think what I think even if you think you have growth mindset I don't think it's universal. So there's definitely still things that I will catch myself out on being like, oh, that's a really fixed way of thinking. But I'm like, oh, I just don't do that. Or like, I can't do that. Then I'm like, well, I mean, I actually can do that. And you still might choose not to do it. But I think even calling yourself out on that is really, really important. Uh, I spoke about this on one of the lives, but something that kind of blew my mind a little bit. And the reason that it resonated with me so much is because we set ourselves these glass ceilings. And then one of the biggest uh, impacts, I think, on my own mindset has been seeing other people, seeing my peers do things that I didn't think were possible. And like a good example of that is Hannah, who finished her PhD in six months. Like nobody's ever done that before. So you'd be like, well, like any rational person would be like, it takes at least three years. But she's like, no, well, I've done it in six months, so I'm doing it in six months. And it's like, okay that also doesn't mean that it's going to have to take you x years to build the business you want because that's how long it took me or that's how long it took someone else and then when you see someone else do it you're like shit that's what's possible so I think part of growth mindset and part of always questioning that is who you surround yourself with and how they're kind of breaking glass ceilings for you to then think oh that is possible like I still might choose not to do a PhD in six months but it is possible to do that and I think that opened your horizons and then if you're like I mean it's nothing to do with my life trajectory now but it does make me think what other things do I think aren't possible because it would take x amount of time or because it would take x amount of money or because I don't have those expertise and actually they completely are possible so breaking those kind of glass ceilings that would come under number one would be kind of growth mindset stuff and then two is passion like I say this all the time but you'll outwork anyone if you're passionate about what you do uh so figuring that out and not just being like generic I sometimes it takes a while to build your own passion and know what because when I started being a personal trainer I was passionate about the fact that I liked exercise basically like that's as deep as it went it was like I left school and I was like "Mm, I kind of like exercise I'll do sports science oh great still like oh yeah I'll I'll be a personal trainer that it was like I like going to the gym like that isn't really your passion you need to deep dig a little deeper and it's fine if at the moment that's as deep as it goes because as you grow and as you have life experience and as you realize 
you know what you are or aren't interested in that will develop your own passion so it's not something that you necessarily need to have figured out right now and I think that's true for people's why as well that your why will probably change and it will grow and I know that mine would be very different 10 years ago than it is now and that again is kind of what Kimberly was talking about in relation to not holding on to one specific thing or not being able to change your mind about something uh, that should be growing as you grow and then the final one was vision which I think is important because it gives you the ability to play the long game a bit which most people don't do so most people are really bad at practicing like delayed gratification they want everything now they're really impatient and if you can master the ability to do things when you're a bit bored of them or when they're a bit hard or when they seem a bit tedious, just simply that will put you ahead of 99.9% of people. And that is the most motivating thing to me. I'm like, you don't have to be anything special. You don't have to have an excessive amount of skill or luck or anything. Like basically just staying the course longer than other people will mean that you're in the top 0.1% anyway. And I think that's really cool. Um, so those be my three, growth mindset, passion, and a vision. I am, um, I'm just gonna say on the vision, and I totally agree, but I am, um, I think there's, and I'm gonna blame maybe social media, um, but I think there's this kind of, I don't know, odd precedent that if you, set up your own business every day is gonna be the best day and there are probably little parts in the day that you're like that's really cool or you know and it's I guess having the gratitude of I'm really thankful today that I get to sit in a coffee shop and do work or I'm really pleased I get to work with Emma or all those little things but I think there is this weird kind of oh yeah just punts around with a macbook and drink coffee and I talk to some clients and then I'm done and I kind of think sometimes that hard work is like almost not overrated, but I don't, I think some people just think, well, I've got the MacBook and I'll do some posts. And actually it's like, it is, it's hard work. Like you still have to sit down and do the work. And it's, it's kind of, I guess nowadays it's like, oh, you can, you know, you can outsource this and you can have a social media manager and you can do this and you can, but at some point you've still got to do what you're doing which is why it's important that you love it and that you have passion in it but there are some parts that you're not going to like or that don't bring you as much joy as podcasting or training or programming or whatever it is there's going to be some bits that you're like it might be like I hate doing my finances still got to do them but it's kind of you know knowing that I guess it's having the discipline to do all of this kind of the groundwork to get to really enjoy all like the fun stuff but I think and I don't know if it's social media or films or whatever that kind of give this really ultra glamorous view of, you know, sitting on a beach, having a laptop, doing a bit of work, shutting off your laptop at half past three. And some days might look like that, but a lot of days, and I think like we saw from like you and Amelia in Mexico, a lot of days are working. Like, and that's not a, it's not a bad thing to sit and work. That's amazing, but it's still working. It's not all kind of, it's I get what you mean exactly and I was thinking that it's like the difference between me putting up I don't know a picture of my morning coffee and my laptop and being like just doing some client check-ins 
and then the actual reality of sitting there for four hours doing client check-ins like that's actually quite different or you know like I'm not saying Mexico isn't amazing and it's incredible to be out there and but we did do a lot of work probably way more than what I mean definitely way more than what most people saw but even like you guys who sort of get an insight into the backside backside <laughs> to the back end of stuff <laughs> <laughs> we're all really close here um yeah even though you guys have a bit more of an insight like you probably still didn't see how much work that we did like it was mega productive but you don't see all that on social media because it's not kind of the content that is particularly interesting like yeah I get what you mean like I think it can look really nice from the outside but you don't see that there is a hell of a lot of work there and it might seem fun to like sit in a coffee shop working but after three or four hours like that you still got a bit more work to do it's still work like it's still you've still got to put in the effort and I do think that being self-employed for some people is just like will just never work like you just don't have the mindset for it like if you're not willing essentially if you're not willing to do the work when no one's watching you can't be self-employed because you don't have a boss watching you you don't have to be in at a certain time you can put it on social media for 10 seconds but then once you've finished the story that you're putting up like you have to actually do the work that's the difference between people who have successful businesses and people who are just like oh I kind of like the idea of this mm-hmm. the outsourcing thing is also really good that you were saying about like you can outsource stuff like you still do have to do the work but I severely underrated outsourcing and like having people help with stuff and spent about three months stressing over my tax bill when I was trying to like figure it out for the end of year and I was like oh my god how much is this going to be and I calculated my tax bill I'll be very honest to being nearly 16,000 euro and I was looking at my bank account and obviously we're buying a house and I was like scared to tell my partner that I don't think there was enough money in the business account to pay this 16,000 euro bill and I was like oh god oh god oh god so I got an accountant just to like run through it and I was like look at it it's worth the money at least it'll be right because then I had the fear because when obviously there's a scheme here when you're buying a house that you can get some of your tax back but it had my paperwork had to be 100% so I was like mm, I'm probably better off just getting an accountant here and he rang me Monday morning and was like, oh, I'm really sorry, giving you like such a big tax bill on a Monday morning. And I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be more than <laughs> euro. And then I was like, how can I be? Because the tax rates aren't that high. And my tax bill was €5,000. So outsourcing. Lynn, I, I've got to say, I'm sorry, but that just sounds like you're exceptionally bad. Like not just like a couple of grand out, but like yeah, three, no, three times. times. <laughs> three times. And like I told him, I didn't tell my partner up until afterwards when it was like, oh, I guess what I did. Because I didn't want him to be like, what the hell? And he was like, how did you think your tax bill would be like half of your salary? And I was like, I, I worked it out. Like we have so many different taxes here. And he was like, Lynn, really? I was like, yeah, yeah, really. And he's like, no. So the best thing I ever did was pay my accountant. Best in the world. Like he's a hero. He saved my life this week. <laughs> He is a hero. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good thing to do. Uh, one of the first things that I outsourced actually was accounts just because, yeah, not doing them right is both costly and stressful. And there are so many things. It's actually, once you get your head around it, it's really quite basic. Dep- and, and then you get to the next like tier and then you're like, mm, it's not quite so basic when you've got like numerous businesses or whatever. But I think I, I've got a feeling what you did was just not give yourself any tax-free allowance 
So that will be what's called tax credits over here. And no, completely ignored them. Completely right, okay. yeah. ignored their existence. <laughs> Just like took any income I got, didn't know how to work out expenses and how to take them away or where they came away from. So just went to like any income. Okay, up to a certain amount, 20%. Over that, 40%. Then you have like 5% for some other tax, 4.7% for something else. So I was like working all this out. And I was like, <laughs> and every time I press add, the number kept getting bigger and bigger. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, didn't do any of that. And then he sent me the breakdown and I was like, oh, so that's what they are. And that's how that comes off. But again, I'm not an accountant. I'm an online coach. Like yeah. I'm a decent online coach. I am not an accountant. So thank God point. that Lynn is not an accountant, everyone, because <laughs> we'd all be screwed. Uh, it would have been awful. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really enjoyed that. And actually, we didn't talk about what we were going to talk about. because I thought that would be really quick. The the attributes, but I think that was really useful. Hopefully, people enjoy it. Um, and we will come back and talk about the incredible outline that Kimberly did to the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Um, next week, if that's all right. Fine. Prep is done. Amazing. Yeah, we've got lots of time. To too efficient. <laughs> um, okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you.